Hi, this is John and Hannah with Red Dice Diaries, and I'm hijacking this ho- this podcast to talk to John about hit points in the fates. Okay, right. So obviously, for the people who aren't aware. I used to run an awful lot of fate games. I don't run quite so many of them now because I tend to run more sort of like the OSR, like old school D&D stuff, but I still love the fate for one shots. I run it at conventions and stuff like that. And both Fate Core and Fate Accelerated. I'll probably also slip in a mention of the new Fate Condensed, but it's your show, love. What does you want to know so- about fate? I, for the last two years, have been running this crazy hybrid of Modiphius Star Trek and Fate. And so that's a, that's Modiphius Star Trek, which is like uses the two D twenty system it normally. Does, it does, but nearly all of it's been thrown out. There's just a few very simple parts of it that we've kept. Okay. Uh, occasionally, we'll use like one of the Modiphius uh, powers as a Fate aspect or a stunt. But obviously, then it'll be completely changed on the numbers. So, so you're sort of taking some of like the themes and the uh, ideas from it, but you're adapting it. What we've taken from there uh, is the names of some of the skills, because that was really neatly done. Okay. And the uh, rather than everybody having their own fate points, there's a fate pool that everybody can add to. So it's like a communal sort of group thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, much like the, I think it's the momentum pool in the Modiphius Yes, it is, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm a very narrative GM. I don't like number crunching. There's sort of, from day one, been this like acceptance that these are main characters in a Star Trek show, so they're not going to die. Yeah, okay. Um, there's been a definite lean away from combat, obviously because of the vibe of the show. Yeah, I mean, I've I've got to say, I mean, because I tend to run a lot of the old school like D and D games where you know, like you're a first level guy and like a goblin arrow can like, yeah, and that that's you, Dad. I'm sort of used to games that are like fairly sort of high turnover or sort of fairly high death rates. But I can certainly see why you know if you're running a Star Trek game, like unless you've got that <laughs> that red shirt of doom on, like you say, you're probably not going to cock it. Yeah, well, with it being Federation Day tomorrow, it's a good day to do this episode for you. Although it might not be by the time you're listening to this. <laughs> but we're recording this on the 4th of April, so apparently, I've been informed by Hannah this morning, it's Federation Day tomorrow, and that that is, for those of us who aren't like it's, massively tracked up... Uh, the anniversary, or pre-anniversary, whatever you want to call it. It's the date that Zephram Cochrane makes the first warp flight. And makes first contact with the Vulcans, which is 43 years from tomorrow. Uh, and, a- and after that begins what I've come to know as the angsty that guy from Quantum Leap period of Star Trek history. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, Also, we're just entirely disregarding the new Trek. It, it didn't happen. That's because it's, it's tra- someone that's else's trash. fan fiction. This is my fan fiction. Uh, that's because, that's like, so, in, the, in, the, in the words of like, the immortal Lord Gant, it's trash. So... What's been happening thus far, we have like different levels of characters because small player group, big cast of characters. Okay. Everybody has their own A character. That character isn't going to get killed. Just that simple because it's So, so that's Trek. like your Kirk, your McCoy, yeah, your Spock. That, that's your main group. characters in the show. There's also B characters. These are like recurring NPCs or an NPC who's important to one story. They can die... Uh, but generally they're either alive 
or hurt or dead as far as I do this again because I tend to run quite a narrative story. Yeah, that's cool. And I like to keep it makes sense for Star Trek as well. Yeah. And then we have red shirts who are either <laughs> alive or dead. Um, uh, there's a running joke that if a character doesn't have a name, then there are red shirts. Uh, thus, one of my players insists on every time a crewman is mentioned, giving them a name to try and stop, to them, try getting and stop them getting killed. That's fair. Um, well, I, I like that because that's it, that, that's it's got a definite charm to it. Yeah, I like that because, like, yeah, obviously, like it's cheesy, but it works with the subject you're going for. Yeah. Because, like, let's face it, when you're watching that like, the old track, it's like when someone comes in and they're like. Oh, you're Ensign, and they have like some really—they have no name, or they have like a, they're just called Ensign, or they have like a really generic name, like oh Ensign Smith. You're like, well, they're dead. <laughs> but then when they come up and they're like, oh P- Professor Worthington Smythe, oh, and you're like, all oh, right, well they're obviously safe because they've got like a name and a bit of a backstory, so that sort of makes sense. Yeah. But, but anyway, um, you said you said you wanted to know about you wanted to know something so, about fate so what is it as, as the games expanded they've moved from a ship to a space station right and okay. i've now got a lot more sort of gray area characters people who aren't necessarily bad guys but they're, not morally gray yeah that they're, they're not necessarily working in favor of things that the rest of the player group are working towards okay so hit points i think are going to become a lot more important because there's also, likely more combat and stuff. As I'm expanding the player group, because I've now got, I think, eight players who turn up now and then. Okay. Um, I, I won't get more than four for one story, but loads of different people. I think it's more important to have this sort of more solid hmm. system for it. Okay, that makes so, sense. Yeah, yeah um, at the moment, if somebody gets hit by a weapon or a console explodes in their face or whatever, they're either... Hurt a little bit, hurt a lot, knocked out or dead. Okay. And obviously some of those stages I just skip with NPCs and red shirts. Yeah, so like let's say if you're a red shirt you're either alive or dead. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's no point in not doing... Yeah, that's fair. Unless, presume, unless it's for the story purposes. Yeah. Unless... Like, oh, I've been shot in know, the leg. Oh. If the medical officer's there, I will allow the medical officer to attempt to save the red shirt. Well, that's cool, yeah. Give them a bit of, like, that's their flavour, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, if, if there's nobody there who does that function and it's not important to the story, the red shirt's gone. But, yeah, they, they don't let me kill the red shirts very often. okay yeah but that's what they're there for (laughs) that's what i thought as well but they don't like it so well players do play to your player group don't you yeah yeah. um so i wanted to ask you about how fate normally does hit points okay about the because i've sort of vaguely wrapped my head around this whole stress and then consequences thing I like the consequences because I do like to have, like, you know, character progression. Yeah, of course. In spite of it being Star Trek. We're, we're moving to Deep Space Nine now rather than next gen. Okay, <laughs> so th- we just took a little bit about how Fate sort of by default does it. Yeah. So in Fate Core, you have a, a number of stress boxes. Mm-hmm. You have physical stress and you have mental stress. Mm-hmm. Now, these are represented by one to four boxes, depending on how tough your character is, the physical stress, or how like how much willpower you have for your mental stress. Now, each of those four boxes has a number next to it, one, two, three, and four, and when you get hit, 
you can tick one of those boxes to absorb that number of damage so but you can only tick one stress box for each hit so if i if i take let's say, let's say i've got four physical stress boxes and i take four levels of damage i can just tick the four box and go that's absorbed it's soaked okay, it doesn't yeah. mean any further harm but you also have three consequence boxes and these are labeled mild moderate and severe now a mild consequence can absorb two a two a level two hit a moderate consequence can absorb a level four hit and a severe can absorb a level six hit now consequent stress represents just like you know you've got dinged you've got a bit scorched it's a bit of damage but you brush it off you carry on it's not long term consequences are long term sort of injuries now because you can only tick one stress box for each combat like each round if i let's say i take six points of physical damage and i tick that level four box i've still got two levels left so i would then have to tick my level two consequence box but when you tick a consequence box, you also gain an aspect representing that injury that you write next to it. So I might take like, a, let's say someone's like smack, like shot me in the back of the leg. I might take like shattered kneecap or something, and the GM gets a free invoke on that. So at some point in the future, when I'm like, I'm like, oh shit, we need to run away from these, uh, these like uh, Cardassian agents who are coming after us. You can be like, oh well, you could run away. However, you've got a shattered kneecap, so that role is going to be more difficult for you. And that's roughly how it works. Now, Fate Accelerated uses a pretty, pretty much the same method of doing it, but it simplifies it a lot. Well, not a lot, but a little bit. So, for Fate Accelerated, which is a slightly more streamlined version, mm -hmm. you just this have... This is closer to what we're using. Yeah. So, for this, you still have stress and consequences that work in the same way, mm -hmm. but you just have one stress box that works for both physical and mental stuff. Okay. And you... Again, you can only tick one stress box. You have one to three stress boxes in this, and you have the three consequence slots. And otherwise, it works absolutely the same. Now, when they did uh, Dresden Files Accelerated, the they made the stress boxes a little bit more like hit points. So in, right. in Dresden Files Accelerated, and um, also in Fate Condensed, which I'll talk about in a moment, they... They basically made each stress box is worth one point of damage. However, you can tick as many stress boxes as you want. So, and what they've done recently is they've bought out this um, this Fate Condensed, which is a bit more like Fate Core. So it still uses skills and stuff like that. But obviously, Fate Core came out I think about like eight years ago or something like that. So they've just sort of streamlined it a little bit and they've taken aspects of what they've learned in other games. So in Fate Condensed, which is available freely as a PDF on drive-thru, you get three physical stress and three mental stress. You still get your three consequences, but each stress box is worth one point of damage, but you can tick as many as you want. So if I took three damage, I could just go, right, I'm ticking all my stress boxes, don't have to worry about it, and I don't have to take a consequence straight away. Obviously, if I then take some more physical damage and I've got no boxes left to be ticked, I have to take a consequence. And obviously, you can have more than three dots, depending on how tough you are, but so physically or mentally, but three is like what you start with. You can actually go up to six. So you get more stress boxes, but they're worth less, but also you can tick more boxes off at one time, if you see what I mean. Okay, so talk me through. You're a Klingon with a Batleth. 
I'm a Starfleet officer with okay. a phaser. Okay. Come at me. Okay. Saucy. Okay. So what I would That's do... That's your mama in Klingon. So, so what I would do is, let, let's let's do this with like all three of those rules we've just been talking about. So I'm going to just have a quick look at a, a fate core character sheet. So let's assume... Am I attacking you with a melee weapon? Yeah. I presume. Okay. So let's assume my fight score is great because I'm a Klingon warrior. It's mm-hmm. my highest score. So I've got a plus four with that. Okay. So I roll my four fate dice. You get plus two. You've got Okay. Six. So that gives me as a result of six. Assuming I'm not using any aspects or anything like that, that means I've got a combat score of six. Now, let's assume you roll your defence roll and mm. you only get a three. Now, the difference between those two scores means that I have done you three points of damage. So, if, let's say so you've got your two physical stress boxes here. Mm-hmm. You could tick box number two and go, right, that's two levels of damage dealt with. But I've still got one point of damage left, so I'm going to have to take a consequence. Now, because there's no consequences worth one box you'd have to take the two one so you get a mild consequence okay that. so can i go one and two and use a three up yeah that you way? certainly can okay yeah. so you can go so and you, then i've you, still got my two left for exactly yeah and that's the sort of thing you need to think about while you're doing it so you've got you've got rid of one using a stress box you've got a mild consequence so i then say right what's your what's your negative aspect you've got from it and you describe so so what what injury might you have taken from this like going on with this battle earth attacking you? Like a um, mild injury. Um, flesh wound to the arm. Okay, so flesh wound to the arm. So let's say in the next round of combat, you shoot at me with your phaser. Mm-hmm. Let's say you've got a great a plus four shoot score because okay. you're a well-trained Federation professional. Let's assume you roll a plus two like I did. Mm-hmm. You've got a result of six. However, as the GM, I could go, all right, well, this Klingon, while he's trying to evade you, he's take... Because let's say again that I've got a three. Mm-hmm. So we've just reversed the results. Yeah. I could, however, say, because I've because you've just recently obtained that consequence and I get a free use of it as the GM, I could go, yeah, well, unfortunately, you're a bit slow to bring up your phaser because of the injury to your arm. So the Klingon's going to get plus two to his role because he's like trying to get into your blind spot or whatever. You know, you're struggling to get your arm and your phaser around. So my result now is a five. So I've only taken one point of damage from you shooting at me, which I can just tick off one stress box, and I am grand. And that's how that would work in Fate Core. It would work the same way in Fate Accelerated, because, like I say, you still have the um, the consequences and the stress, but you used to have, like, the one track. Now, if we were going to do this in Fate Condensed, or, like, Dresden Files Accelerated, in that scenario earlier on where we were saying you'd got, you got three points of damage, hadn't you? Mm-hmm. What you could do is, instead of going, right, I'm going to have to take one stress and a level two consequence, yeah. you could go, I'm just going to tick off all three of my stress boxes, each worth one. Yeah. That's the damage nullified. So you've taken no consequences at all. So under those conditions, when it came to fighting, shooting your phaser at the Klingon, I wouldn't have a negative consequence to use against you. So you'd still be doing the three damage to me. So I think part of the reason they've done this is because it makes it a little bit more like hit points. So it's more familiar to people. It's less of a sort of leap. I mean, it's not a very complex system originally. but here's the thing. Consequences. Yes. At the end of the game, anyone that's injured is going straight to med bay 
and getting fully healed up. Okay, right. Well, the, the way the way this works, uh, obviously you're free to do whatever yeah. you want with it in your game. But the way it works, so, the way it works in like normal fate is stress is automatically recovered at the end of the encounter because mm -hmm. that's just like you dust yourself off, you get up, you carry on, or you're like, mm -hmm. oh no, my my spandex tunic tunic's torn. But apart from that, you're fine. Now consequences, you need like dice rolls to like heal them. Right. So. You, with the mild consequences, you're like, oh, I've been, I've got like a a, a rough arm, or I've, I've been shot in the arm. You'd have to make a roll to heal that. Recovering from consequences in Fate Core, in order to regain the use of a consequence slot, you have to recover from it. That requires two things: succeeding at an action that allows you to justify recovery, and then waiting for an appropriate amount of time. So before you can even start healing, like you, your doctor or whatever has to make a, a medical role mm -hmm. based on and the difficulty is the number of the consequences so difficulty two for a mild one difficulty mm -hmm. four for a moderate difficulty six for a severe if that role is made okay you rename the consequence to represent the fact that it's healing so you might change it from like shot up arm to like bandaged up arm or arm in a sling so you've still got the consequence but you know it's healing you then have to wait uh, if it's a mild consequence you have to wait for a scene if it's a moderate consequence, you have to wait a whole session after the recovery action has been made. For a severe consequence, you have to wait like a whole scenario, which normally is two to three sessions. But you know, it's like it's an adventure; it's worth of time. So that's that's roughly how it works in most fate. I mean, obviously, you can adapt that. It depends on what you want to do for your game. As I say, for the setting, consequences like that, physical consequences, certainly don't really seem to fit because. It's so rare that somebody's like injured enough to need recovery, and I, I don't know how to put it really. Um, you could say it's a massive flaw in the game. I just quite like the idea of a world where, you know, medical stuff gets done efficiently and well. Um, so what I'm really looking at is a nice, simple way that I can represent this stuff. That's gonna play for like while a combat's going on but not gonna be all right well, a major well, sort of slower downer of my game all right well let me let me float <laughs> this idea past you so if we look at the consequences box we can see that split between the three of them you've got 12 like levels of soak you can do mm -hmm. you've got two four and six what i would suggest is you take that 12 mm-hmm Add like your three stress onto it. So say everyone's got fifteen stress. Yeah. Each is worth one point of damage. So mm -hmm. when you get hit, you can just tick off. You do it like hits. You tick them off. Yeah. And I would just say, if you want to keep it in the style you're talking about, just say if those fifteen run out, you're effectively out of action for that scene. You're not dead. Nothing like that. After after the scene, you assume that they've they've been dealt with by the doctor or the do they've had a hyper spray or whatever, and they can be in the next scene. Mm -hmm. Um. You can still have the potential of death because you can just say like if you're out of action and you oh yeah, yeah and like the, like let's say you you go out <laughs> of action and like none of your mates are around as a Klingon stood over you with a big bat left like Rah! then the gems within their rights to say like yeah you're dead <laughs> but but that'd be a wank way for a main character to go out exa of a exactly series, or, or if so, it's like yeah. dramatically appropriate <laughs> but yeah I would say just give him like. I mean, maybe not even 15, but just give them a number of stress points, each worth one damage that they can tick off like hit points and say when they, they refresh at the start of each scene. If they run out in a scene, you're effectively out of action. You've been knocked out. You've been stunned by a phaser, whatever. 
So the the penalty. So obviously so, you still want to be a bit careful because the penalty is you're not going to be involved in the rest of the scene because obviously mm-hmm. you want there to be a penalty for it, but you'll be back into it next scene if so. I mean. Yeah. So the other thing is scaling of damage. Okay. Because as we've sort of discussed over the course of this already, I want to be able to represent everything from a fist fight, a knife fight, and like high-powered energy weapons all on this same scale and obviously you've got the the difference between the two roles the like attack role and the defensive role that's the amount of hit points you'd normally take away that's correct would you suggest that i have like addition to that like additional damage for the type of weapon used what 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 i'd suggest is that there's like an optional subsystem in fate called like weapon ratings and armor ratings which mm-hmm. i don't use very often because i don't run a lot of sci-fi games but i would suggest you use that and it simply means that when you make a an attack roll if your your weapon's got a weapon rate that gets added to the damage not to the attack roll yeah so you make your attack roll as normal and you go oh difference of three so i've done three levels of damage i've got a weapon rating of two so it's actually five levels because if i wanted to have like lots of cook foo fist fights more hit points is better for yeah so for like that, that you can just say it's the difference That'd be That's grand. 15 as you were saying whereas obviously if somebody gets shot with a phaser that should be lights out most times in which case just, just, really in which case, just give it a high weapon rating so, what, what yeah. i would suggest for like something like a federation phaser where they've got the stun and they've got like the, the insta disintegrate so yeah <laughs> what i'd suggest is you give it uh variable weapon ratings so you, you might say something like oh if you fire it on stun it's got weapon rating so then it's the difference plus two is your damage then if it's going to be on like kill mode Mm-hmm. Just give it some like ridiculously high weapons rating, like oh, it's got plus fifteen weapons. Because you've got to bear in mind that even if you shoot someone, they go down to zero. If they're a player, they're not necessarily dead; they're just out of action for a scene. Yeah. So you go. So in our example, where like you're shooting at the Klingon, you've beat him by three. You go, oh yeah, I'd set my phaser on kill. We go like, all right, that's eighteen hit points worth of damage you've done. All right, well he's he's only going to have a, like max fifteen like stress, even if he's uninjured at the start of the fight. Right, that's him down if you've hit him. Now, if he obviously if he's like an NPC, that's him dead. You've disintegrated him. You describe it however you want. If he's like a player character, oh, you shot him with it. But you can come up with whatever rationale you want, but it's not killed them. It's just taking him out of action. Maybe they get captured or whatever, and you can spin off from there. So that's how I'd do cool. that. And then obviously the three different types of characters that we've got: the red shirts, the B characters, the A characters. Given different levels given of different stress. Levels of yeah. hit points. Yeah. Yeah, so cool. I'd, I'd say, to be honest, do like how they did in D&D 4th edition with, like, minions for Red Church. Just give them one stress. Because then yeah. it's, like, theoretically, like, a Klingon could leap out, smack a Red Shirt, and he'd be dead. Yeah. Just give them one, Which one stress. Which makes sense. Yeah, just give them one stress. If they're, um, if they're like, if they're like a low-level NPC, you know, or whatever, like a sector, maybe give them between 5 and 10 stress. If they're, like, a, a full, like, A-grade, a like, character, give them the full 15. Okay, so next thing to consider. Yeah. Again, it's Trek Sci Fi. I've got at least one psychic in the player group. Okay. I've also got an AI who, again, I need to slightly adapt this so that people can, like, attack the computer system or try and hack into the computer system, okay. which is her, so it is an attack on her. Um, so, 
obviously what we've been talking there has been all physical attacks yeah. and stuff. Well, the thing is, because we're only using one stress track, mm -hmm. mental attacks would just inflict stress on you in the same way because it is quite abstracted. So in your... To be brutally honest, for, for your purposes, it doesn't matter whether you get taken out of action in the scene by a mental psychic attack or whether it's a phaser. The end result is still you are taken out of action for that scene. Okay. Um, if I wanted to represent something, what I'm more thinking about is like character representation um, with the hit point. Obviously, it makes more sense for the big burly Klingon to have more physical hit points, less mental hit points, yeah. whereas the Betazoid, hum sorry, Betazoid in general for that matter, is going to have a lot more mental hit points than the Klingon, but his physical hit points are going to be sort of on the same scale as you would for a human. That particular character used to be a security officer, so he's going to be fairly tough on both. Right. The, there's a, there's a couple of ways I can think just off the top of my head you can mm -hmm. handle that. The first is you can split your stress track and have a physical and mental stress track, like fake core and fake condensed. And then if it's physical attack, it's off the physical stress. Mental attack comes off the mental. Easy peasy. Yeah. Now, if you're going to go that way, you might want to consider giving like maybe ten instead of fifteen on each. Because then you've potentially got more stress, whereas... What I was thinking was give them up to 10 on either and give them 15 points to spend themselves yeah, that's, on that's what a great, appropriate. that's a great way of doing it. The other way you could possibly... And that would work absolutely fine, I'm sure. The other way you could do it is, as I said, with like weapons and armour rating. So the way armour rating works is the, re the reverse of weapon. So if you're phasering my Klingon and you beat me by three and I go... Oh yeah, but I'm wearing like Klingon combat armor, which gives me an armor rating of three. It doesn't affect my defense roll, but then it, it deducts from the damage done. So if you've only done three, I'm like, yeah, I've still taken the hit, but it's been like the, the force of it's been deflected by my Klingon combat armor, so I've actually taken no damage. So here's another thing. Well, I was going to say, but before before you go into your other oh, thing, oh. what you could do if you didn't want to have two different stress tracks, what you could do is for is for people that are particularly strong sort of mentally you could give them like an armor rating but only against a certain type of attack so you could say for like the betazoid you could say yeah it takes a physical attack takes it normally however they have like armor rating two against mental attacks so they'd be less likely to take damage off a single stress track from a mental source okay um so this then brings you on to the um, different species in Star Trek. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, Klingons are resilient to energy weapons. Ferengi are resilient to Betazoid mind reading. Okay. Well, I, now, I think at the sorry, moment, their high concept always includes their species. Yeah. So it might be human, it might be Klingon, it might be. If that's sort of something that's in the show, uh. I would probably just go. Oh well, shortcut. Yeah, everybody knows. I would. I would stick. I would can't... stick with just that. Just have the, the yeah. high concept. Now, the way you can use that is obviously using the existing rules for aspects. Mm -hmm. Like to use the example of like you shop at my Klingon warrior again. Mm -hmm. When I'm making my defense roll, I could go. I'm making this defense roll. However, because I'm a battle hardened Klingon warrior, I'm going to spend a fate point on my high concept and get a plus two on that defense roll. Or I could be like, oh, okay, you're trying to attack me psychically. 
well because I'm a betazoid trained in telepathy I'm going to spend a fate point and get a plus two to my defense roll and I would just keep it as that because that's nice and simple it uses the rules you're already using Mm -hmm. you don't need to add anything else grand well thank you for helping me sort that out that's all right Uh, happy federation day folks live long and prosper indeed new star trek's trash and we'll see you all soon we hope you've enjoyed that episode. If you want to get in touch with us, you can drop us an email. The address is rddrpgpodcast at gmail.com. Or if you want to leave us a voicemail message, you can head over to our page on speakpipe.com and that will allow you to leave a 90-second voicemail. And you might even be featured in a future show. There's a link to this included in the show notes, as well as a link to our website and other places where you can contact us. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we'll see you soon. My math sucks. Let me record that again. I can't actually remember, because it's been a while, what the uh, the healing times are, so I'm going to actually look those up in the book. Oh, Sorry. That's all right. Well, what's also going to edit this? I'm going to drag on my name. <laughs> Chris, are you stealing my purple drink? I'll let you off. Oh, I've got some red there. There you go.